and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great, Jeff, because we are discussing one of our favorite things about Disney tonight. Well, we've warned you not to listen to any of these shows once you read the title Hungry. Tonight is definitely one of those shows. We're going to talk about some signature dining. And I know that that's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot when we were talking about the dining plan. So before we go any further, give us a breakdown of of that particular name, Signature Dining, how we arrived at it and where we are right now in the world of dining in Walt Disney World. Love to. And I think you kind of nailed it. It mostly originates from the dining plan. So we know, again, any day now, hopefully we'll see the dining plan return. But pre-COVID, if you had sit-down dining credits, most sit-down meals were one credit. But there were those meals that required two dining credits per person for one meal. And it became known as this signature dining, which is how Disney referred to it. Frequently, it was because the menus were more intricate, the presentation was more intricate. You would never find a buffet that's signature dining. I'm not going to say that the chefs are more experienced because Disney is known for some phenomenal chefs, but you do have more award-winning chefs here and more chefs that really love going out of the box and experimenting with food. And it's more about a culinary experience than just the food itself. However, the other part of what does make something signature dining is the price points on the menu. (laughs) Yes, we can't possibly escape that little aspect of it because that's definitely a, a big factor here. The way we've done it, and Sandy's kind of gone, broken this down in painstaking detail, there are six in a park, six at resorts, and six at Disney Springs. So I'm going to just kind of quickly go through them in each area. And Sandy, you can give us the the high points on each one of them. I don't think it makes sense to break them down in intense detail because, to be fair, we could do a show on each one of these. But it's really up to the listener and contacting their travel specialist to make sure they understand which experience works for them. So with your permission, that's kind of how I'd like to approach it. Are you prepared? You bet. All right. So let's start in the park. As we said, there are six in each areas. Why don't we start with the Brown Derby? Disney's Hollywood Studios features the Brown Derby after the famous Brown Derby out in California, bringing some of their signature menu items in. That's where you find the original Cobb salad, the grapefruit cake. And even if you're not going to dine here, I encourage you to walk into their lobby. Just like the Brown Derby, they've got some great caricatures on the wall, signatures by famous guests. They keep a current guest book for celebrities to sign. It is a true signature experience. I will also say it is home to the bamboo room that you can sometimes rent for small private functions, but you may have heard me talk about one of my favorite things, the dining with an Imagineer that occurs there. So definitely a fun stop in Hollywood Studios lunch and dinner service. Definitely. And I think it's it's one of those things that when you're when you're walking down right into as you get into the park, you want to make sure that you know exactly where that is because it's worth stopping into, like you said. Um you want to make our way over to Epcot? We can make our way over, and as you said, there are six in-park experiences. We know there's four parks. Every park has one, 
But interestingly enough, or not so interestingly, we always talk about how Epcot has so much more dining. They hold three of the six signature experiences. Well, and we've got we've got two of them that have French influence, essentially, because you've got one that's in Canada. That's the one I want to talk about first, and it's Le Cellier. A phenomenal steakhouse. Used to be the absolute hardest reservation to get if you're reading very old blogs, you will hear that. And the reason it used to be the hardest and isn't quite as hard, it wasn't signature dining when it opened. So it was a phenomenal steal for one dining credit versus the two now. Top cuts of beef, definitely known. They are the originators of pretzel bread, chocolate mousse for the kids with those maple leaf ears. A real great dining experience. And it's probably the only restaurant you'll ever talk to anybody about where one of the first things they'll mention is cheese soup. So so it's always worth that kind of a conversation. So true. And I will give a side note that it is one of the few signature restaurants that during food and wine, you can often get tasting portions at the stands. The cheese soup is usually an item that we see on those menus. Good point. Okay, heading over to France. I said there were two French-inspired ones. One was Le Cellier. The other is Monsieur Paul's, formerly Bistro de Paris. And that one falls into the signature category, though it is a little bit different as it is a one-price dining experience. It actually does not qualify on any dining plan. Um, it is a flat fee, $175 four-course meal. And it's located right above Chef de France, and you access it around the back. It is a nice, small, intimate area. So as we make our way around and we get over into Japan, we hit uh, Takumate. And you may be saying, what? I've never heard of that. <laughs> it is relatively new. It opened just before COVID. Um, as Jeff said, it is Japanese. It is an extremely heavy fish menu. Um, I will be honest. It is one of the only places I have not eaten because I don't do fish and I really struggled with the menu. But again, that's why there's something for everybody. If you're saying, oh, my God, Sandy, how are you not a fish person? If you love fish and you love sushi, this is where you want to be. It's also got a really interesting um, chef's table scenario, too, where it's like a three-hour experience, right? So, again, talk to your travel specialist there. If, if you are a fish person and you do have three hours you want to spend at a chef's table, this might be an option for you. Let's leave Epcot. Okay, and I and I want to go over to we've we've actually talked about some treats that you've experienced from this location on previous shows, and we talked about some safari experiences. We're going to go over to Tiffins. And since you mentioned safari, this is definitely over at Animal Kingdom, right before you enter Pandora. It also has a Nomad Lounge attached to it, which people love to go for for drinks in advance. Again, I encourage you the design of this restaurant. And the lounge is phenomenal. Just walk through and appreciate the Imagineering that went into it. Shout out lead Imagineer, Chavodi. I mean, <laughs> you, you know it's got to be phenomenal. Some of the signature restaurants are a little bit more unique. This is going to be one of those unique options for you. The 
whole sustainable fish where the nice fish is standing up for you on your plate, looking at you while you're getting ready to eat. A surf and turf, a shrimp and grits. Um, they actually have a North African tofu special. Very light atmosphere. Um, but again, a menu you're going to want to check because it is a little bit more unique. Well, and you talked about experiences when you first let off with the show here. And the last one that we're going to talk about in the parks is certainly an experience. Everybody that I speak to that has never been, that has little girls, tends to mention this one over and over again. And I think the experience is really why it's Cinderella's Royal Table. Cinderella's Royal Table, as you said, no getting around. It is upstairs in the castle in Magic Kingdom. And a very hard reservation to get, though it is available. It is our unique one offering three meals a day. Part of why it's so hard is that they never envisioned that the castle would function for guests. It actually was the call center at one point. It was going to be storage. And so it is, again, a more intimate restaurant. The princesses are there, fairy godmother in the lobby. Um, it is what we call a prefix menu. So it is a flat price per person. Everybody gets you know, to choose an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. But it is one of the places where there is no sharing or just ordering partial meals. It is that flat fee. One of the things that we often hear is that it's great for fireworks viewing. I'll be honest with you. I've been there during the fireworks. It's not my top recommended view because you can look out a window if you got a window table, but there's a limit to how high you'll see. And if you got a window table near the back of the restaurant, you're not seeing everything on the front. So I encourage you to think carefully about meal selection time here. Well, let's move over to resorts then, a spot in a, in a hotel at least where there's definitely some interesting views for the fireworks. We're going to lead off with our resorts at the California Grill. And I think that's one of the things that some of the signature dining at the resorts does bring is phenomenal views. California Grill, top floor of the Contemporary, they actually have what they call a catwalk that you can go out on to see the fireworks if you don't have a window table. They will also allow you, if you have an early dining time, to come back and go out on the catwalk for viewing. It is an open kitchen. They're on a special 50th anniversary menu right now, but phenomenal choices. And it is one of two signature restaurants that once a week serves a Sunday brunch. So an extra opportunity to sneak in for some incredible bites. Staying in the same area on the monorail line, we head over to the Grand Floridian and at Citrico's. And I always say to people, the Grand Floridian has so much dining and it's why they have two signature restaurants and one that we'll talk about in a minute. Citrico's is located in the main building. Again, another open kitchen, another spot with a great chef's table, another spot where they do dining with an Imagineer. Um, they just finished a refurbishment and you can see several nods to Mary Poppins in there now. So a lot of fun to go there. People used to tease me. I would say that I go to Citrico's for the butter. Um, <laughs> when you have bread and butter there, their butter service is this phenomenal salted butter. 
but lots of great things from beefs to chickens, phenomenal desserts. It does not really offer Magic Kingdom views. Probably about three tables have it, but great meal. And then you can head out to the dock if you want to see fireworks. Well, and this next one at the Grand Floridian is something that a, a specific friend of mine hits almost every time he's there. It's, it's a must do, and that's Narcosis. It is my top favorite. Um, and I'm going to kind of break with talking about it for a minute, if it's okay. Yeah, and sure. I'm going to explain one of the reasons that I end up there all the time, and you can all feel free to laugh at me right now. <laughs> can I laugh if before? I'm going to laugh before. <laughs> go okay. Ahead. All right, go ahead. If you are not going to Cinderella's Royal Table, because I explained that that was a prefix, any of these restaurants, if you have a reservation, the reservation entitles you to sit down and eat whatever you want. It doesn't require that every person order a meal. It doesn't require that every person order every course. I have been known on many occasions to do a progressive dinner I'll start in California Grill with an appetizer. I'll go to Citrico's for a main course and Narcusi's for a dessert. I have also been known on many occasions to go to Narcusi's just for dessert without my progressive dinner because they are home of my absolute favorite dessert on property. And that is almond encrusted cheesecake. Oh, boy. So great meals. I don't want to downplay their meals. They're desserts to die for. It is also my top restaurant for views. Not only do you have an incredible view of the Magic Kingdom with the fireworks music piped in, but if you time it right, the water pageant, which is one of my favorites, comes right by. And again, you can see that right out the window, hear all the music. And if you've ever seen that before, longest running parade in Walt Disney World Resort, you know it ends with that wonderful salute to America. So we're heading over to the Epcot area, and we're going to start with Flying Fish. Hmm, that's Mexican, right? <laughs> yes, it sounds very Mexican. <laughs> very fresh, very fresh, sustainable very fresh. seafood and steaks. It's it's well tremendous. Yes, in on Disney's Boardwalk Resort. Flying Fish, obviously, another high-end seafood option. Keep in mind, just like any other restaurants that we talk about, even when they have a focus, something like, we are, you know, Flying Fish, we are seafood. If you're like me and you're not a seafood person, there is going to be a dish or two for you. So if you're one of those couples that split and somebody's got to have fish and somebody else really could never have fish don't leave it out it's a great place to try and again when you're picking where you want to go accessibility is sometimes one of those things that we talk about being over at the boardwalk it makes for a great date night i know again i'm getting off the topic of food but flying fish followed by time at jelly rolls the dueling piano bar which is my favorite makes for a great evening well and it's also the type of thing too you had mentioned it right there are plenty of options on this menu. I'm looking at flying fish specifically. There's steak, multiple steaks. There's chicken, 
And let's say that you are somebody that likes seafood, but you don't want to commit to a whole seafood dish. You could get a filet mignon and you could throw some sauteed shrimp on top of it, or you could get a, a lobster tail with it. So there's there's plenty of different options. There's there's no shortage of ways to enhance your meal at a place like Flying Fish. And I was just going to say, so they do entrees and then enhancements like you were mentioning keeping in mind if you are on a dining plan enhancements are not included correct all right we're going to come back to this particular area of walt disney world to finish up but we're going to head to a different area and we're going to talk about Jico. Jico is located at disney's animal kingdom lodge and i have to say and again off the subject of food, but Imagineers hit it out of the park in the design of this restaurant. Right. They do offer a tour pre-opening. It is a free tour. Haha, uh-huh, that word we usually don't hear. <laughs> right. I encourage you to take the tour because I learned so much. I'll give you a couple of little snippets here, but you don't appreciate all of the design elements until they explain to you that what you're actually walking into is the sunrise. And then you look at the wall cone and you go, Oh, I see it now. It rises from one end of the restaurant to the other and flying above you are the birds going into the sun. Um, but what it is really known for besides its incredible bread service is it hosts one of the largest South African wine collections in the United States. It also has, similar to a chef's table, a private wine room where you can reserve that in advance for small party dining and be surrounded literally by hundreds of bottles of wine. Again, a little bit more of a unique menu, everything from a Moroccan lamb, a sustainable fish, Um, But basics as well, a chicken, a filet mignon. I'm a big steak eater, so I've had pretty much filet mignon everywhere. And again, the opportunity to add to it and some unique items. You can do some oxtail. And again, I definitely encourage you with that wine collection, consider pairing it with something unique that you might not have had before. All right, let's finish up the resorts. We're going to go over to Yachtsman Steakhouse. And as I just said, I'm a big steak person. So over at Disney's Yacht Club Resort, across from the Beach Club, as you mentioned, Yachtsman Steakhouse, as its name implies, is one of the top places that you want to go if you're looking for the best steak on property. They really offer a unique laid-back atmosphere and phenomenal phenomenal food and i have to say also as steaks go at pretty reasonable prices they do it's interesting they will try and upsell you there and i usually end up going right for it um (laughs) but for a couple of dollars extra you really get everything you wanted in steak and just their cognac truffle butter their horseradish cream all different kinds of dipping sauces a brandy buttercream sauce if you're a steak person this is where you want to be all right we're, we're heading over to the springs and there are six here we've done a show on them so i guess we why don't you give the episode where we've done the show and then just run down the names of them for the folks so that they have an understanding of of what we're talking about 
You bet. That was episode 40. And I'll put a link right in the show notes. It'll make it easier for you to head back there. You can head to Boathouse, Morimito Asia, Paddlefish, Jalo, STK, and Wolfgang Puck. Obviously, some of these are, I'll call them chains. They're definitely not standalones. STK can be found in more than one location, but they're not chains in the terms of, you know, the Applebee's that you find on every corner. These are award-winning chefs who have several locations, but all top-notch dining. So just want to make sure that everybody understands, if you are a first-time visitor to Walt Disney World, or maybe you're a, a visitor that has recently acquired a dietary restriction, make sure that you tell your restaurant that you have this dietary restriction because there is no place on earth that is more prepared to handle your dietary restriction than Walt Disney World to prov- to provide a meal that is delicious and authentic to the the theming that the restaurant is is attempting to uphold make sure that you tell your waiter or waitress what your dietary restriction is so that you can feel confident that your meal will be delicious and won't send you home hurting at the end of the meal as well that's that's really important Sandy, so true. what haven't we covered? The first question we get asked by a lot of people is, can I bring my kids? And like so many other things, my answer is, it really depends. With one exception, there are no age restrictions on the restaurant. But I do generally say to people, consider the diners around you. Some of them are out on a date night. Think about your children. If you go to an Applebee's or a TGI Fridays because you like the extra noise and your child isn't necessarily heard when they're not happy in their seat, this isn't going to be for you. If you take your child out to a 90-minute to two-hour dinner regularly at a restaurant and they're happy to watch an iPad, color, whatever, and they're not going to scream and disturb those around them, by all means, there are children in these restaurants. This is Disney. The second thing we get asked about is a dress code. And they understand, obviously, especially for those that are in the park, that the dress is going to be more theme park attire, but they are still looking for a little bit of a neater attire. So that's not the day necessarily to be in your flip-flops or your cut-off shorts. Um, When you go to the ones in the resorts, I will tell you that the dress runs the gamut. Men are in anything from docker pants and shorts to polos, long sleeve shirts, occasionally suits. There are people who are local who are celebrating an anniversary. There are couples who got married on property and they're doing this as their big wedding night dinner. So you will see every kind of attire there. Dress where you're comfortable, but as I always say to people, It's about how neat and presentable you look. All right. And then the last thing we didn't cover is Victoria and Albert's. And that, as I mentioned, is the third restaurant at Grand Floridian. And it is extremely unique. It is the only restaurant where you actually make a reservation for a specific part of the restaurant. There are three different areas. They have different menus, different numbers of courses, different china, all different parts to it. It is a more dressy experience. It is a longer experience. This is also, I would say, the top sought after chef's table. 
on property. Um, they are known for their wines and they've received more dining awards than I could possibly <laughs> ever name here. Right. Um, but it is a spectacular, intimate dining. For example, if you're eating in the Queen Victoria room, it is limited to four couples per night. So a very unique experience. I will tell you, this is something not available to the public, but I was offered a kitchen tour as part of my master's training that I did. And while we toured the kitchen, we had two little soup spoon tastings from the chef. One was of brisket and one was of mashed potatoes. I will tell you that I have never in my life eaten mashed potatoes as amazing as those two bites of mashed potatoes that I had. The brisket was awesome as well. But to leave somewhere going, oh, my God, the mashed potatoes, it is a dining experience. This is not, hey, we need somewhere to go to dinner. This is for a foodie, a unique experience or celebration, somebody who really is all about the food combined with the experience. But again, none of the options that we discussed tonight will disappoint. Well, Sandy, I appreciate you taking the time to break down these signature dining experiences. I know whenever you're choosing a meal in Walt Disney World, it is an overwhelming task. A lot of people are looking for a fine dining experience. I thank you for laying it out. And I urge anybody that's listening to reach out to your travel specialist to make sure they can steer you in the right direction. Have a great week. You too. And bon appetit, everyone. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share, have them like, and subscribe. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination plan. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.